the model is is just math. So it doesn't know that the number five means five bedrooms in the property. And the numbers in the image feature vector represent objects or features within the photo that are correlated with value. So it's kind of like we have the number five without the label bedrooms on it. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Vin Vomero. Vin is the founder of Foxy AI, a prop tech startup that uses artificial intelligence to look at photos to determine how much a property is worth. In this episode, we have a high-level discussion of how the software works and how it will revolutionize the way we use software to evaluate properties at scale. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com. Enjoy. Thanks a lot for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what do you do. Hey everyone, this is Vin Vomero. I'm the founder and CEO of Foxy AI. We build visual property intelligence tools. And I started out in real estate as a rental agent while I was in college. And that lasted for about three months before I started a property management company, which I ran for four years. We then sold that company and got into developing and uh, investing in multifamily property for about five years before I started Foxy AI. Um, with the initial goal of improving the accuracy of automated valuation models, which then expanded into visual property intelligence. Yeah, that's really exciting. So go ahead and tell us a bit about your journey. How did you go from real estate investor to prop tech startup guy? Absolutely. So I got started in real estate pretty much by accident back when I was in college, when a summer internship in Boston fell through at the last minute. I had already rented an apartment for the summer and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And a great friend of mine, he had just opened up his own real estate brokerage and he offered me a job as a rental agent. That sounded better than flipping burgers and real estate is certainly a, you know, a more useful skill. So I got my license and started renting apartments for him and I hated it. I didn't like peddling these crappy one bedroom apartments in Boston. And to be honest, I wasn't a great salesperson but I really liked the concept of real estate. So I suggested we start a property management company to go along with the brokerage. And the idea was to sell investment property to high net worth individuals with the pitch of, we have the rental brokerage and the management company. So you, know, you don't have to do anything except cash or check. And this went really well for us. We did it for about four years before selling that business to another group in Boston to focus on investing and developing full time. So uh, we brought on an equity partner who is another great friend of mine, and we bought, renovated, and rented between four to six uh, multifamilies in the two to 10 unit range a year uh, in Boston over the next five years. Now, during this time, we had an appraisal on a property that came in lower than expected. We had to reappraise, I mean, everything worked out fine, but this got me thinking about other ways of valuing real estate which is when I came across automated valuation models or ABMs. And Zillow's estimate is definitely the most, the most widely known example of an ABM. And one of the reasons they can be so inaccurate is they don't account for the quality and condition of the property. So 
I'm just a science and tech nerd. I studied biology in college. And so I had actually been following the AI and machine learning space for about a year at this point. And basically what I was doing was I'd set up Google alerts for artificial intelligence and machine learning and a few other tags. And I was just following articles on new companies that were coming out and the research that was being done. And I was keeping a spreadsheet with uh, the company name and a little description of what they were doing to build a mental map of the industry. And I, I had an aha moment. I thought we could use neural networks to turn property photos into data containing information on the quality and the condition of the property, which can be used to improve an automated valuation model. So I began to do some research and that basically led me to the start of Foxy AI. I hired a data scientist to collect and organize data from my MLS account. And around this time, a friend introduced me to a friend of his that was a senior AI researcher working in computer vision for a company called Crimson Hexagon. So him and I met up, he, he was really interested. He asked if I would let him take a look at the data to see what he could do. And a little over a month later, we met up again. He shows me this convolutional neural network he built and how he was able to improve the accuracy of a basic evaluation model that he also built. And uh, he said, you know, I, I wanna be a part of this, how can I help? So he uh, continued to refine this neural network, which we now call house to vec and I began to reach out to and talk with some of the bigger players in the valuation space. Uh, companies like CoreLogic, Greenfield Advisors, Tyler Technologies, and all of them went through or are going through various stages of pilots. And what we found through this process was that uh, what we built was actually a bit too advanced for some of them right now. There hasn't been much competition in the space and the models that they are using are more old school linear regression models. Uh, many of them are only just beginning to experiment with nonlinear and machine learning based models. So while we're still working with these companies on improving valuation models, and it's an important part of our business, um, our product began to uh, shift a little bit because at the same time, I was talking with some other companies and they just didn't have the talent or financial resources to do anything with this raw data that we were producing. So we began to collaborate with them and they said, hey, we don't have a way to determine the condition of the property in a standardized automated way. You know, the, the condition of the property is such an important piece of the puzzle. And the only way to get reliable information is to either physically visit the property which isn't always possible, uh, or look at photos of the property, which is time consuming when it's done at scale. So we put together an end-to-end -end solution to score the condition of the property with a single easy to use, easy to understand score. And we based this score on the scoring system from the Uniform Appraisal Dataset, which uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and many others use for uh, underwriting purposes. So now using neural networks, we have the ability to determine the condition of the property automatically at scale using just the property photos. Dude, that's amazing. And it's so cool because, you know, I personally love AI and I took some classes in the past about how to do like self-driving cars. So I have a you know, small understanding of neural networks and all that stuff. So like, what's the time frame to even get started in a project like that? Like you have an aha moment, you get hooked up with a data scientist, like where do you even find a data scientist and how long is this progress from that aha moment to, to now? 
So the data scientists, I honestly, I just found them on Upwork. I don't know if you're familiar with- You just uh, find data scientists on Upwork? I find, <laughs> I mean, I find VAs on Upwork. I don't think I find data scientists there. Okay. Yeah. So I went on Upwork and I was looking for a data scientist. I found these guys up in Canada and uh, they were they were great for the initial process of collecting and uh, cleaning and organizing that data. And, and then when I, I met my partner, Frankie, um, one of the reasons that he was so interested was that I already had all of this data together. I think you know a lot of a lot of people that are in AI, they don't really want to deal with a data collection process because it's uh, time consuming and it's tedious and it's boring. So the fact that I already had all of this data together uh, definitely helped with getting him on board. And that's why he said, hey, do you mind if I take a look at this data and play around with it for you know a month or two, see what I can do. And that's what he did. So I would say from the, the time that I started with the data scientist to the time that we put out our first model was probably about six or seven months. Um, so our house to model has been out for about a year and you know, we've been going through this pilot process. Um, you know, a lot of these companies that are, they're bigger companies, they're billion dollar companies. There's a lot of red tape, a lot of bureaucracy to, to cut through. And so it's a, a pretty slow procurement and uh, pilot process for them. Um, that's part of the reason why it takes so long. Right, um, because they already have their structures in place and to have something new means that they need to go through their whole system and everything before they just put it online. Exactly. Yeah. And were you also part of the Y Combinator? No, we, we have not done any accelerators. Um, we don't we don't even have any funding, actually. It's all Everything's bootstrap. been self-funded so far. Wow, that's amazing. And it's pretty cool. I remember seeing your thing, and I remember reading an article about how Zillow is starting to incorporate exactly what you're talking about. They're able to determine what kind of countertops you have, and that will determine their, their Zestimate, right? It will update their Zestimate. So it's really cool to have you guys doing the exact same thing, right? Yeah, you know, we, we knew that they had had this in development for a few years, actually. They, they've been working on it. And then it was maybe in June of 2019 that they started to uh, roll this out on a more national level. And, um, and that was definitely beneficial for us because, you know, obviously... Zillow is not going to put this this technology out to uh, the public or for, for other companies to use. Um, and so we're kind of there to help fill that gap for people. Right. Yeah, if you can be first in the market and show you have the best quality, then Zillow might even just use your guys' technology instead of having to do it in-house. Maybe one day. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So how big is your team now? So there are there are only three of us, actually. Uh, wow. we, we have a, a very lean team. Myself, uh, my head of AI, and a junior engineer to support him. We outsource a lot of the smaller tasks that need to be done, and you know, as we grow, uh, we'll we'll bring on more people to the team. Cool. So, for I guess most people who are listening to the show, they probably have no idea, you know, what kind of data you're looking at, what the hell a convolutional neural network is. Do you want to give a very brief primer on what are you actually pulling from the MLS listings, and what are you throwing into this machine, and then like. How does it know, all right, this is worth $10,000 more or something like that? Yeah, you know, I don't want to bore your listeners with a lot of really technical details. So I'll, I'll try to give just a general overview. Um, but the way that, that we train these neural networks is uh, to, to look at photos and 
we produce what we call an image feature vector. And there are, there are kind of two different approaches. Um, one approach would be to try to identify features within the photo that are correlated uh, with value. So you might try to identify stainless steel appliances or granite countertops or hardwood floors. And when you begin to make a list of all of those, not only positive indicators of value, but then also all of the negative indicators of value. So things like scratches or holes, uh, water stains, this list becomes very, very long, very quickly. Instead, what we do is we take a global approach to the photo. And this is where the power of deep neural networks comes into play, where we allow the neural network to identify features within the photo that are correlated with value. And the neural network then produces what's called an image feature vector. And the feature vector is a, a series of numbers. And I think the best way to describe it or understand it is um, that when, when we're dealing with valuation models, it's a mathematical model. And within that model, you're going to have uh, many different types of features. But you'll, you'll have numerical features, so things like square footage or the number of bedrooms and bathrooms, because these are obviously important features uh, for the value of the property. And the model is, is just math. So it doesn't know that the number five means five bedrooms in the property. And so um, we can use this image feature vector within the model in the same way that uh, we use these other numerical features. And the numbers in the image feature vector represent objects or features within the photo that are correlated with value. So it's kind of like we, we have the number five without the label bedrooms on it. Um, and the reason that this works is because it's just a mathematical model. So you, you really don't need the label in order to improve the accuracy of the model. The drawback to, to doing it this way is that there are no labels. So it's a bit of a black box system, if you will. Mm -hmm. So are you also adding in these labels too, or is it only the images and then like your Y value, I guess? Sorry, I'm talking because I kind of know this stuff a little bit, but like, you know, your input is like your pictures, right? And then your output for your training data, is that just your um, like final sales price or do you have other inputs as well, like, you know, the bedroom count and the square footage and yada, yada, yada. No, so, so we don't actually produce our own property value. Um, what we do is we generate this piece of data that can be incorporated into existing valuation models to improve the accuracy of those models. Uh, can you go into that a little bit in more detail? Uh, yeah, so it's just that um, the output of the model is this image feature vector. And that gets used in the model the same way that you would use uh, other you know, property level features like square footage and the number of bedrooms within, say, um, your nonlinear regression model. Wait, so, so that vector isn't like labeling stuff saying like this is hardwood flooring or granite countertops, right? So that, that vector represents all of those things that you just mentioned um, you right. know, in this multidimensional vector space, but there are no labels on that Got vector. Got it, okay. <laughs> So meaning, meaning I can't tell you that the first number in that vector represents granite countertops and the second number represents a hole in the wall. Um, all of that information is contained within that vector. Um, it's just that 
you know, it's, it's black box. So we can't, there are some ways that we can uh, analyze the photos and, and kind of what is going on uh, with the neural network. We can produce essentially what looks like a heat map that uh, sort of represents where the neural network is, quote, fo focusing its attention on. So we, there are some ways for us to kind of extrapolate uh, what, what features within the image the neural network is looking at. I see. So then the end user takes that vector and adds it to their data set to train on. Is that right? That's exactly right. Okay, got it. So it's basically you're helping them, you're kind of helping them label items in a, in a very uh, abstract sense, I would say. Exactly. Yep. We, we okay. are essentially pulling information on all of those things that you just mentioned um, so that they can incorporate that in a numerical way into their model. Because, I mean, how do you incorporate granite, you know, into a model? You, yeah. Like, you can't. You, 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 it's math. So you have to have some kind of numerical representation of that. And it could be that that numerical representation is, uh, you know, a dollar amount, but that dollar amount is going to vary depending on, uh, you know, the, the location of the property. Um, so it's a, it's a much better and more accurate route to go this way. Yes. So actually it's really cool because we're talking about some very high level stuff. And for the most part, when we're dealing with real estate or real estate investing, we're dealing with algebra, you know, and it gets boring over time. So it's really cool to talk about something that's very complex, something that's, you know, very forward thinking. So thanks for sharing all that information. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it's very complex and I'm trying to break it down into use kind of more layman terms for you guys. Good, perfect. So uh, question, what is like the business model? Uh, what do you guys expect to do? Is it like a subscription based or is it gonna be per pull? Uh, yeah, so the way that it works is uh, we just charge people on a, a per API call type of basis. Um, our goal, it really is very simple. It's to be a backend provider of visual property intelligence APIs that companies of all shapes and sizes can build into their workflows, their websites and applications to extract data from uh, their property photos. And when we first starting out, we were really just focused on working with companies that are producing valuation models. And then uh, since we have put together this condition scoring application, uh, we have a variety of different types of companies using our product from valuation models, modelers, single family rental investors, uh, data aggregators, listing aggregators, mortgage field services companies, and they each have their own really interesting and unique use cases. Maybe most relevant to, to you and your listeners are the single family rental investors that we're working with. And they're using our condition scores in a few ways. One is if they use automated valuation models, they are incorporating the condition as another feature in their model to improve the accuracy, but not everyone uses ABMs. So another way they are using the scores is to filter investment opportunities. So let's say you're looking for distressed assets in a few different counties. Once you apply your typical filters for uh, location, price, maybe the number of bedrooms, you're still left with a lot of properties. And at this point, they will filter using uh, our condition score. So any property that has a good score that has probably already been renovated is filtered out. So right off the bat, they filter out on an average of 25 to 50% of those remaining properties. 
And this way they aren't wasting any time even going to the listing and browsing the photos only to find out that the property has already been renovated. And that's 30 seconds to a minute saved per property per day, which really begins to, to add up pretty quickly. So we're really saving them a lot of time on their analysis. Another thing we have done for some customers is we scored before photos of renovation projects that they did in the past. They then went back into their notes and said, okay, homes that were scored as say economy homes cost us on average $10,000 to renovate. So when they're doing their back of the envelope calculations, when they see economy, they just plug in 10K. And if they're close to those, their investment metrics, they'll send out an offer out the door. Then later on, if that offer is accepted, they'll do more due diligence, they'll visit the property, build out a more detailed renovation budget to make sure their numbers are where they need to be. And you know, they still have a, an opportunity to back out if, if not. You know, it's very low risk for them at that point. So this type of tool, while still very handy for an individual investor, is geared more towards investors or companies that are analyzing and buying large numbers of properties. Uh, you know, maybe they're buying like 10 plus properties a month, something like that. So when I actually read that article, like I mentioned on Zillow, how they are trying to do this, basically what you're saying, that they can tell whether this property has granite countertops or not and how much more the property is now worth. I was thinking, how cool would it be in the future if you buy a fixer and based on, you know, maybe your model or someone else's model, you can say, I know that if I put this choice versus this choice, how much more am I going to get on the back end when I sell the home? Like that's probably ideal for most investors because they're doing stuff and you don't know what they're doing, right? They're adding stuff where uh, like maybe they're adding too high in finishes when a medium end finish would be okay or it's too low in a certain area. So who knows, right? Maybe in the future we'll be able to have something like that. That's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. And you know that, that requires a bit more uh, localized information because um, you know adding granite countertops maybe to a condo in Manhattan is going to give you you know a different increase in value versus adding granite countertops to a house in upstate New York. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I honestly don't have that many more questions for you in terms of like the business because again this is a very complex situation and I guess you guys are kind of just starting out. So what do you guys have planned for the future? We are trying to build a whole new category of what we call visual property intelligence. So extracting information from images for use in applications like condition scoring and valuation models. So for us in the future, I don't want to get into too much detail into what we have coming up in our pipeline, but we do have a bunch of tools under development that fall under that visual property intelligence category, and uh, they will allow users to extract a plethora of information from property photos. Wow. So a whole suite of visual data. Are you basically focusing on real estate as your main thing? Yeah, real estate only. Okay, got it. And what are some of the challenges that you're facing right now? Some of the challenges that we face are challenges that really everybody in artificial intelligence or machine learning really face, and that's acquiring the necessary data to build out these models. Um, data in real estate is still very siloed. It's still very protected. You can't just... Google property data set for, for real estate or something like that and get, and get enough data to build uh, really robust models. Um, so it takes a lot of time to uh, scrape lots of data and, and combine that all 
one thing that, uh, that, that we're seeing is that right now we hear a lot about the data moat. So huge data sets keeping the barrier to entry high. And this is true for, for right now, but the landscape is changing. There's a lot of research going into new algorithms to use less and less data. And that's where imagination comes in. You have to think creatively to not only build proprietary data sets, but to combine small data sets in unique ways to generate unique insights that only your, your company can provide. I see. Is that kind of how like you can take one image, but then you can flip it and now it's the same, like you basically doubled your data set, but now it's like without only one, one actual data set. So that, that's a, a different technique that's called uh, data augmentation. And that's when, you know, you might uh, apply various transformations, like a flip, flip the photo, you might skew it, um, different things like that. And that is one way to uh, augment your data set. I see. So we're talking about how much you need to actually create a legit model. What are we talking about here? Like 1,000 homes here, 10,000, right? Well, we have millions of photos. Wow. And the reason is that you that real estate is so unique. It's so every property is so different from the next one. Even even a house, let's say you you're looking at a community of cookie cutter homes. They might all start out the same, but once somebody moves into that home and they start putting their things in there and they start doing renovations and making changes, it's completely different from the the house that is right next to it that was maybe built at the same time with the same exact floor plan. So you really need to have a lot of data in order to uh, cover, you know, all of those different types of properties. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. So like um, when you were first starting, you saw this aha moment of, yeah, we need to have pictures to determine the true ARVs or AVMs, right? Were you, were you imagining that you would be outputting a vector box and selling that to other people? How did that come to play? No, you know, I didn't really know exactly what it was going to look like because I'm not an AI guy. I'm not a machine learning guy. I'm not even a software engineer. You know, I, I was just a real estate guy. And I had done my, my share of research, um, but I really didn't know what it was going to look like. And that's where my partner and his expertise really came into play. Um, and figuring out what is the best way to approach this. Because as I mentioned earlier, there are a couple of different ways that I think this problem can be attacked. And we chose the route of taking a global view of the, of the, the photo and the property within that photo, instead of trying to identify and label all of those individual features within the photo. Hmm. Remind me again, how did he find you? We were introduced through a friend of a friend in uh, in Boston. Okay, because you were just mentioning, hey, I have this thing going on. Someone's like, oh, cool, let's talk about it. Yeah, my friend Jeff, he's an entrepreneur as well. He has a couple of companies under his belt and we were, we were talking about this idea and he said, hey, uh, a friend of mine that had done some work for one of my startups, uh, he is an AI researcher for Crimson Hexagon and you know, I definitely think that you should talk to him, see what he has to say and that's when him and I met up. I showed him the data that I had already had collected, and he was super interested. He was like, "Let me let me take a look at what you got here and see what I can do." And that was something that I really appreciated because he he wasn't asking for money upfront or anything like that. He just said, "Let me see what I can do and come back to you." 
And, and I thought that was an amazing quality uh, of a person to have you know, as, a, as a business partner. Yeah, so you just created this convolutional neural network that's already trained for you. And then says, hey, check this out. I have this, here's an output. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it wasn't completely refined at that point or anything like that. We did some other things to improve the accuracy of that model. So, for instance, when you're dealing with photos from uh, MLS, you will get a lot of photos that are not relevant to either scoring the condition of the property or for valuation purposes. You'll get photos of map images or maybe a Matterport dollhouse view image. And we want to be able to remove those photos. So we built a separate neural network that all it does is it just identifies, you know, is this a picture of a kitchen or of a bathroom or of a living room? And one of those categories is a miscellaneous category. And um, so we have the ability to remove those miscellaneous photos from that image set before it even gets sent to the neural network that does the condition scoring or the or for, or for valuation purposes. Nice. So using AI to clean your data set for another AI model. Exactly. It, it's we, we call it a neural pipeline. Neural pipeline. Very cool. And how can you even test the accuracy of your vector box? Because like you said, all the output is kind of it's kind of gibberish. You don't know if it's legit or not. Yeah, the just the way to test it is to put it into your valuation model and then compare it to uh, you know, the, the, value, the valuation model's previous uh, accuracy. We did some of our own testing where this was before Zillow officially rolled out uh, their, their product. But what we did was we scraped uh, a bunch of properties that were for sale on Zillow. We got their listing price and we got all the photos. We then built a, a new model to combine our data with uh, Zillow's estimate, and then we predicted a new valuation for the property, basically a new sales price. And we waited for those properties to sell, and we then compared our prediction with Zillow's estimate with the sale price. And uh, so we, we broke the properties up into three brackets, and properties that were less than $175,000 our prediction outperformed Zillow's pr prediction 60% of the time. And for properties that were over $175,000, our prediction outperformed Zillow's estimate 40% of the time. So just by adding in this image data into a very, very basic model where we were combining our image data with this estimate, um, we were able to produce a prediction that was closer to the final sales price uh, you know, more often than, than Zillow's estimate was. Okay, very cool, very cool. As far as the accuracy of our condition scoring application, the way that we measure the accuracy is we take a set of photos and we run them through our neural network. And we then have uh, trained individuals, either an appraiser or a real estate agent, score the same set of photos. And on average, our neural network is within 0.3 points uh, on the scale that we use for scoring. Um, so it's a really very accurate system. That's very, it's very exciting. And so are you guys looking for funding now or are you guys just trying to do everything bootstrapped? Yeah, I, I prefer to not have to raise money. Um, we're maybe 50-50 on raising money at this point, but uh, 
you know, I'd rather keep everything self-funded for as long as possible so that when we do go to raise money, you know, we do have as much leverage as possible uh, with the investors. That's right. You want to be in a strong position so you don't give up too much when you don't need the funds anyways. Absolutely. I mean, I really do think that that we can build uh, a very strong company with a, a very lean team and a high profit margin. So um, raising money may not be necessary, but we'll see. Yeah. And I mean, even if you had the money, what, what do you think it would go towards? If we raised money, we would we would probably build out you know, more of a team, bring on a couple more engineers to kind of speed up uh, the, the product development pipeline. Um, and also probably bring on a data engineer to help us manage not only data sets that we are collecting uh, externally, but also data sets that we are putting together um, from kind of incoming data streams. Okay. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting. Again, I have very little uh, knowledge about your field, so it's really cool to see that coming through. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know before we end our show today? I would say you can check out a demo of the condition score on our website, foxyai.com, F-O-X-Y-A-I.com, and just click on demo. And you can get in touch with us either through the website or you can email me directly at uh, fin at foxyai.com. That's V-I-N at foxyai.com. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show today and giving us, you know, another lesson in machine learning and the startup world. So it's so exciting. So interesting. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad that I got to give you at least some kind of high level overview of what we have going on. Absolutely. And I love the story of how you started as a real estate investor to a prop tech startup founder. Honestly, I have I have uh, aspirations to do the exact same thing in the very near future. So thank you for being an inspiration thank and showing you. that it is possible to get into this field. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Anyways, I do hope to see you on the show maybe in a year or two to see where your company has gone and you know what's next in that field. Would love to come back when, uh, when you're ready to have me again. Awesome. All right, Vin, thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Take care. Take care. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. Anything is possible as long as you have the right team to execute. Even though Vin had no experience with artificial intelligence, he had a great concept and was able to hire out the more specialized tasks. Foxy AI is an incredibly interesting concept, and I'm excited to see where it goes in the future. Hope you all learned a lot. You can find the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com. Thanks, and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second, and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N. R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.